you know, if, if someone Googles you and they look at your Wikipedia, um, they get, you know, greatest power lifter of all time, the GOAT, 71 world records or whatever it says. Mm-hmm. And uh, how often would you go to a meet and, you know, you do your opener lift and then you're like, oh, today I'm setting a world record. Like, you remember some of those when you just knew? Uh, 71 times. best answer ever hey everybody welcome to it's just bodybuilding of course myself big ron partlow dusty hanshaw scott mcnally and on today's show we have the goat of powerlifting ed Cohn. welcome to the show ed it's an honor to have you on it's just bodybuilding oh thanks i'm i'm actually happy to be here very cool yeah man I uh, I first met you in 2017. I actually posted the picture yesterday, and uh, I was real stoked. I I just you were one of those guys that you know I was a bodybuilder, right? And I just I, I just never expected to like run into you and and meet you know Ed Cohn. And then you were at the uh, I think I'm it was a slingshot booth that year. Yeah, probably. And uh, I'm just a normal yeah, idiot yeah. like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a great chat, and and we we bonded. Over the fact that we both tore the same quad. Nice. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> I blew. Uh, I blew my my patellar tendon in half. Yeah, yeah, oh, I did the quad tendon on the same leg, so we had matching scars. So uh, yep. that was that was our, our little moment where I felt like I had oh, me and Ed Cohn have one thing in yeah. common, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't your strength, huh? No, it was not the strength. It was not the strength. I, I I think I did mine with a little more weight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you might. Sure. I, I was jumping on a trampoline. How's that? Uh, you know. Uh, so, Ed, you know, if if someone Google's you and they look at your Wikipedia, um, they get you know greatest powerlifter of all time, the GOAT, seventy-one world records or whatever it says. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just wanted to uh, show you what I did today. I um. Oh, what do we got here? I asked chat gpt i'm gonna send this to scott okay okay interesting Uh, do you know what chat gpt is this new a it's the new ai the new shit yeah 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 which is kind of scary this is kind of scary let me see i I said he's gonna throw it up i i asked chat gpt i said (laughs) who is the greatest power lifter of all time all right and chat gpt scott will throw it up here there you go the answer okay. to this question is subjective and can vary depending on personal opinions and criteria. However, many consider American powerlifter Ed Cohn to be the greatest of all time. Numerous championships, multiple world records, totaled 2463 at a body weight of 220, was known for his exceptional technique, strength, and consistency, which earned him the nickname the greatest powerlifter of all time. How do you feel about robots saying this about you? <laughs> I, I, I feel good about anybody saying that about me. <laughs> that's uh, it was I you know I just thought I wonder what I wonder what AI is going to say because you know that's pretty you know, cool. It's combing the yeah, it's combing the internet. You know, I've typed a few names in and it said like I've asked it a few of those types of questions before and it's like oh, it's difficult to select one greatest. This is yeah. subjective and it just yeah. stops there. But there yeah, must it can't be, be enough biased. material. Yeah, there must be enough material that says you that it's forced to be like dead color. <laughs> One way or another. I, I just lasted a long time. Yeah, man. 
So this, when, when did you start training? Like what year was it when you put a bar on your back? When I was actually still in grammar school, I started with at a old universal machine that a friend of mine had in his basement. And we, so really? we, we so were actually doing that, that, oh, uh, 15, 14. We actually started off doing uh, uh, Atlas's home programs that he used to have. No kidding. You know, like getting, yeah, so you wouldn't get sand kicked in your face on the beach. Yeah, all yeah. All those kind of routines. We started off that way. Right. And then after we watched Pumping Iron, it kind of set us off to go crazy. So did you think you were going to get into, I know you did, and we'll probably get into this. I know you did a bodybuilding show as a teenager. Did you yeah. think from the start that you were going to be a bodybuilder at first? I, I tried it and I liked it because I liked lifting. But when I got into it, I didn't like the process as much as lifting heavy. Okay. I was like, I didn't, I didn't like when all of a sudden I got strong and gained all this weight and then I had to lose it. <laughs> it, it just, right. it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. So then when I, then, you know, that was like the central USA bodybuilding championships in 1980. I was still 16. And they didn't even have music to pose to. That was before that. Dang. Mm-hmm. And I was in a teenager division. I took way down there. And I think, like, in the heavyweights for the open, Lance Dreer won. And Tim Belknap was in it back then. You're kidding me. Uh, Serge, <laughs> yeah, Ser- Sergio was in the audience. Huh. That's and awesome. then, you know, not, not that long after that, like, about five months after that, I tried my first powerlifting meet. And I was like, oh, this, I was like a duck to water. Hmm. Right. It was my thing. Yeah. And you what never looked back. There? Well, I, I, I won. I, I, well, here's funny because I was like 152 pounds, even shorter than I am now. And they had to take the squat, the weight off the rack and put it on my back because the rack didn't go low enough. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. But I, I, I mean, yeah. I won and took best lifter. So then I was pretty much hooked. And m- my whole career, it's always been more of a power bodybuilding routine than anything. I wanted to be bigger and stronger. That's so what that's really, right. and that was one of the things too that shocked me looking at your physique. You know, I, I'm used to looking at the power lifters of today. You looked like just a thicker, jacked bodybuilder. Um, wh- why, why was that? What what it was different about the way you lifted back then and the way training was back then compared to what the guys are doing now? Because you had a completely different look. It was mm-hmm. kind of like a cross between like the eighties WWF wrestlers, a bodybuilder, and a David power Boy lifter. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like David I, Smith looking. Yeah. There you go. I'll take that back then. He, yeah. uh, I, I kind of just filled in the blanks. Like wherever I didn't want any lift to be weak. So I knew that mm. to get my bench up, I had to have my incline stronger, my dips stronger, my triceps stronger, all the parts of my shoulders stronger. I knew for deadlifts, I had to have my stiff legs stronger, my bent over rows stronger, my chin up stronger, the same in the squat for a high bar close stance squat and the all off season for my quads because that was my weakness. So I just put in other exercises that would work my weaknesses that were bodybuilding exercises. Hmm. And I just shifted them around from in season or off season. 
No kidding. And so like that extra, yeah. like that extra muscle that wouldn't have any kind of a negative impact or I don't no. know. I, okay. Okay. That's interesting, man. You know, you got to figure no one ever sat on a bench for being too strong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you, did you have um, other people that watched you train that were power lifters that either questioned your training mentality or immediately wanted to adopt it because it was working so well? Yeah, everybody that trained with me adopted it. Hmm. Well, if you wanted to train with me, you kind of had to. Yeah. 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 But, I, I mean, I, I, would, I would write all their numbers. Yeah, I would, I would write down all their numbers and stuff like that. See, the guys nowadays, they a, a lot of the people, they do so much volume and squat, bench, and deadlift so many times a week that they neglect hmm. the weakness. And what I always say is everyone has a strength and weakness. And if that weakness, if there's too much of a gap, that's where either you don't make progress or you get hurt. Hmm. So in my off season, I always look to shrink that. And you end up lasting longer because you have less weaknesses. So for example, if you're working, if you want your deadlift to go up, your solution was, you know, get my stiff leg up, get my bent row up, all that stuff. Yeah. Where, where is my weakness in the deadlift? What will do that? So it was usually off a deficit, like a two to three inch deficit. I would do all my work with no belt in the off season to strengthen everything that needed to be strengthened. So then when I do add a belt in and do go off the floor, wow. Hmm. Right. So you're saying the other people would, would sort of just focus on their deadlift three times a week, deadlift, 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 deadlift. But when they go to yeah. stiff leg deadlift or bent row or deficit deadlift, they're weak. Yes. Yeah. And that weakness shows up that- in the long run. Yeah, I mean, everyone can lift lightweight being weak or with bad form. Put on a bunch right. of weight and all of a sudden now you find out what you have to do. You just have to be smart enough or brave enough to get yeah. rid of your ego to say, this is what I got to address. I got to work on this weak lift. Yeah. Do you- do you could, remember could you tell looking um, at do you guys, remember um could you tell looking at guys that were training like during a meet what their weakness was when they would miss like when you would yeah like, I, you I, could I could always oh right right away right away that's awesome I could tell where their strength and weakness was usually by looking at their physique too no kidding huh yeah that's so cool really so I mean what, if you see a guy with a common? monster chest and monster triceps you know he's going to be able to bench yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you remember what where you were or how old you were when, you know, you sort of realized like, oh, I'm better at this than most people. Like, when did that really start to show up? I never did. I never thought of it. I really never thought of it. I just thought I was just out for it for me. Huh. I didn't right. care what anyone else did. I was just out for for me the whole time. How do I keep making progress? And I and I could use basically the same routine as long as the off season, I was honest with myself and worked on my weak points. Hmm. That's that's why it never stopped. I got bigger and stronger. I mean, I ended up weighing the most I ever weighed was like two forty eight or something for a contest, and I still had some abs. So I never got fat because I kept on putting on muscle and muscle and muscle. I didn't think about it any other way. I didn't give a shit. I really didn't. Yeah. When when was your first world record? 
Remember um, it? Yeah, my first world record exceeding lift was in 1984 in the 181-pound class in the deadlift. Um, and back those in those days, there was still only two-hour weigh-in and no deadlift bar. And I pulled uh, 791. And I was, what, what? 20? I was, I was still 20 years old. That's oh, my wild. God. Weighing 181. My, my brain's broken. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. With, so did you, with did, a stiff bar. Did you see that strength? Yeah, stiff bar. Like back when you were a kid working on the universal machine with your buddies, were you like stacking that machine a lot faster than your friends were? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like right I from was, the start, uh, huh? You know, because I was so, I mean, my, my first year in high school, I was 4'11", 98 pounds. So my drive was a little bit different than hmm. theirs. My purpose was where right. yeah. I looked at myself as, you know, the 98-pound weakling. And I had to prove to myself all the time. And it just felt really good to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I could relate to no that. Doubt. Yeah. Here's like one. When, when I used to work out in my basement, I had these isokinetic machines and a few little dumbbells. And I bought Arnold's book, Education of a Bodybuilder. And I did every single exercise he in had in there one whole night. It was like a five-hour routine <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't That's know what a routine was. <laughs> the entire book, you you're train. saying, you just did the yeah, whole thing. I did a, I, the entire book, I did the same thing with Franco's book too. No Actually, kidding. my first, my bodybuilding contest that I did, I took all Franco's poses from the back and did that same, th same thing in order. Oh, no kidding, because he was a shorter guy too, and he was a strong yeah. guy too for a bodybuilder. You've always been yeah, – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, you when, go ahead. See, when I, when, I, when, when I first met Arnold at a, a Sears store, a big box store, I had him sign like a $5 bill for me. And when I, I walked up to him, my head was right in his chest. Okay. And I was like, fuck, I can't be Arnold. Huh. So then I saw Franco, and I saw him at a sporting goods store. So I watched him, and I saw him like put like a 310-pound set, and he walked up and did some deadlifts with him. Boom. I was in love with Franco right away. So today, right. to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, you either need to like buy some sort of special package at the Arnold Classic, and then you get to attend an event, and then you get to take a picture with him, and he shakes your hand, and then you walk away. Or you have mm -hmm. to actually win a show, and then he comes up on stage and asks you how hard you train to do this. But you're telling me there was a time in life that you could walk into a Sears a Sears yeah. and you could meet Arnold, huh? What was that all about? Yeah, he was, he was promoting, he was promoting his book, education of a bodybuilder. <laughs> no kidding. And Franco was, Franco must've had some deal or promoting his little book. And it was a sport mart store back in the old days. So what kind of, like, what was going on there? I'm just trying to picture this. So this is like 19, what, first of all, like 84, um, 85, 86 was Arnold was no, a movie even, star already. It, it, yeah, like in, in the, no, in the, in the late seventies, I think already. So late seventies and oh, Sears. Wow. And were there other yeah. people, was there like a lineup or what yeah, was everyone, this like? Yeah. Everyone was there watching around him. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It was that really neat. So Sears. I mean, you're, you're like right next to him, watching him talk and answer questions. And it was yeah. right out there in the open. It was really cool. That is wild to even oh, think that that, that even took place at a time, you know? And, and Franco in the sporting goods store, they just put a chair up where all the weights were and everyone got to walk up right there. No kidding. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, You've always been a all fan. The security now. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I've always been a, I mean, f bodybuilding is 
fucking hard. That's probably why most of the powerlifters got involved in powerlifting. It's a lot harder when you're throwing all the diet stuff that, and, and that that's, that's rough. Um, there's no way I could have done that. That was, it just wasn't me. I found what I was good at and I loved it. That's, that's interesting. You know, what what I did is I figured if, if I could get the best I was in powerlifting and the strongest I could possibly be, I was going to look pretty good anyways. Yeah. I got to find, right. I'll put some pictures up too, because like I said, I was, I was shocked when I first saw what you looked like. Cause like you pulling weight off the floor, I would have thought for sure. Like you had that Franco like look that really packed dense muscle, you know, which is, which is but very bigger. different. Yeah. Yeah. But it just a very different look than what we see today. When we think of what a power lifter looks like, there's just such a separation now between the look of a power lifter the look of a bodybuilder. Yes. And I feel like at the time you really bridged that. And, and I feel like that maybe was part of why you kind of can still, you cross those boundaries in a way, really. I, I think it's why I lasted so long too. Hmm. No kidding. Cause I had How more muscle in your... places. So there's, there's less weaknesses. Yeah. Right. How long did you compete for? From uh, 1980 to 2007. So 28 years. Damn. Because like, you know, and I won my first world championship in 84. Yeah. Like that, like powerlifting to us, you know, you say, oh, bodybuilding is hard because of the diet. But me and Dusty have had this conversation before, like the powerlifting, like you guys are lifting like these crazy poundages. I just think, man, that's like an NFL career. That's like three years tops. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you come out, you come out (laughs) 28 years. I trained a, a guy one time for a powerlifting meet, Chuck Sanow. He's from uh, Illinois. He's the head of NPC Illinois. Oh, yeah. He got his pro card. And I trained him for a powerlifting meet once. And he went nine for nine, had 27 white lights. But he had to take a whole month off after training because he said his joints and tendons were so sore because he wasn't used to it. That's not how he trained all his life. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I trained with and Chuck, the, too. And the, we did a back workout together. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we're at USHM. Yeah, what a great guy. So yeah, that's funny. I, I that's how I feel I'd be. I'd be like I'd I'd need like to go to like a, a physical therapy retreat or something after a part of <laughs> Yeah, but if, 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 if but if I did a leg routine with you guys, I guarantee I would be in bed for three days. Right, right. What do you, I do you one find of my when you stories take about a, you, a guy from a when you when you take a guy from a different sport, what do you find is the most difficult part on the mental side? Because for me, I have a like. I've always been a, a. I call it power building. The way I lift, it's it's heavy, mm-hmm. but it's for reps. You know what I mean. So people yeah. will say, "Oh, you should have been a power lifter." You know, because I was really built better for that, anyways. But mm-hmm. I don't think they understand the mental difference between, say, stepping back with six hundred pounds on a, on a squat and knowing you can do it seven, eight, nine times, versus stepping any weight back, going, "I hope I can get this once." Like that's a. You know what I mean? It's a mental difference. Like, because I, I will know, I know what when you I'm petering out. <laughs> I never approached a weight I didn't think I could get. I never called for it. Hmm. So my confidence was always right. high. And I based everything I did in a meet on what I did in training. So then right. you get to the comp and in your warm ups, it's like, hmm, am I going to have a good day or a bad day? You got to decide then what your day is going to be like. You can't just, you can't completely base it on what training because. You're not at your own gym. You don't have your own spotters. You're, you got time. You got a clock timing you. 
you got different judges. So all of it is all different. So you got to mm-hmm. take your, take your opener, make sure it's light enough and then decide how am I going to pick my numbers that I, I didn't just right. go in and say at this meet, this is what I'm going to lift. And that's it. No, I based that on how I felt all along. Right. How often you would you, on. how often would you go to a meet and you know, you do your opener lift and then you're like, Oh, today I'm setting a world record. Like you remember some of those when you just knew, uh, 71 times. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer ever. <laughs> so, so essentially what you're saying is all is those 71 world records. They weren't a surprise by the time you actually set them. Cause you knew earlier in the meet that no, you not at all. already. I knew really? what I did in training. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how often, how often would you be lifting something at a meet that you had never lifted you were just going almost mathematically all the time. from training almost all the time almost so all, you're I, always- I, I, I never i never maxed out in training i always save it saved it for the meet when uh, one time right. i was in russia when russia was still russia and we were at an old gym with all these old olympic weightlifters and they told us then don't blow your wad in the gym all the time you only have so many hmm. maxes in your body in a lifetime that you're capable of so I never did. Right. The heaviest I'd go up to was a, a fairly heavy double into the 90, like 95%. Okay. And that was more right, than heavy right. enough. Because all the right. training I did before, all the off season, all the beginning training up until about three quarters of a training cycle are all to get you stronger. And then at the end, it's just make sure you peak right. and You hold on to that strength. Mm-hmm. What there, There's a lot of like, different powerlifting, you know, from a bodybuilder looking in, obviously I don't fully understand the powerlifting world. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buddies with Dave Tate and, you know, I know Mark Bell and, mm-hmm. you know, I know you and like stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's all these different systems, you know, there's, you know, I see the, I hear about the five, three, one, and I hear about, you know, the West side conjugate and, you know, all these different sort of systems. How, yeah, how do you feel? And all these other ones now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is there anything now that you say, oh, well, that's sort of how I trained? Like, what system would you have fallen into? Or was it just totally separate? Uh, old old like, li- linear periodization. No... Just, okay. I, I learned from uh, old-time bodybuilders and strongmen. They used to do all of them together. Hmm. So I wanted to be big and strong. Yeah. Right. But Story of my life. Now, with, all, with all the systems... They all work and they all don't work. It usually depends on volume and how you pick your numbers. Hmm. If you don't, if you aren't realistic, you'll always fail. What happens usually when someone fails a routine, usually it's about, uh, they pick the wrong numbers, meaning they'll take it's really easy. Then they say, well, why would I go this this week when it was so easy? I'm going to go this instead. And they go heavier. Not realizing that messes up the end of the routine where you're going to end end up at. So about 75% of the way through the routine, all of a sudden they miss a lift and they don't start feeling good. They feel drained because they're overtraining because they screwed up. It's not the routine's fault. It's their fault. So you got to be realistic in everything you, every, every number I figured out on paper and I'd write a routine down 20 times. Sometimes it was like that, uh, was that Jim Carrey movie 23 or something where he had all the numbers written down all over the place. That was me. I would write (laughs) routines, but every single week 
had to build for the next week, but it all, all of it had to be doable in my mind already. It doesn't mean it's not challenging, but it was all doable. And that's why it worked. Right. I, I was told once that, um, you know, because I remember when I was young and, and, and much dumber, um, I, I said, I said, hey, I, I don't understand, you know, powerlifters. I heard someone say they don't train to failure. And, you know, at the time I was thinking of bodybuilding and I were just like training hard and all that. And I was like, well, why don't they train to failure? And, and someone told me they, they don't ever want to do a rep that isn't perfect because they're also programming their nervous systems to lift perfectly. And if they start doing forced reps and stuff like that, things aren't exactly the way they should be. You know what I mean? Is that no, sort it, of it, part it, of it? Like, yeah, it, it? And it does put you in a state where you can't recover from and go heavier the following right. week. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, we, we don't want, we don't care about a pump, not on our main yeah. exercises that much, even though I might drop down and do a set of 10 in the off season and start my training routine off like that. The purpose is for more speed. It's more challenge when you got when you get um, higher in the reps at the end to hold your technique and to drive through it. Builds a little bit of testicular fortitude, and it is hypertrophy. Yeah, yeah. But I love how you, you, I love how you said like, um, you know, one of the reasons that you'd throw it in was just because it sucked. Like, build some testicular fortitude. I like that you know, term, like, testicular fortitude. That's I'm stealing yeah, that. That's, gotta, a, that's an old school. That's an old school. I love that. You got you to gotta learn how to fight through something for when it's going to be heavy. Yeah. You know, you take a weight off at a comp, it's like I said, because all the conditions are different than home, you got to have your shit dialed in as far as mentally. And that's, that's the start of the lift. Usually most lifts, and I, I even said on Dave Tate's, is it happens 90% of lifts are missed at the very beginning when you start the lift. Not, and that doesn't mean when I start descent and the squat, that means when I take it off the rack. How yeah. I approach the bar has to be perfect. That that dictates how I grab the bar, how I set up under the bar. All that has to be perfect for a perfect setup. Now, after that, now you can squat. If that's off a little bit, right when you start going down, if that's off, how are you going to be in a good position to come up with it, just like a squat or, or a bench and a deadlift also? Hmm. So that part is very important. And a lot of that is built through assistance work where there's not a weak point. So my, every right. part of my back could squeeze from, from the lower part of my, my neck all the way into my lower back, every part of my back, I would squeeze into my spine and be able to do that. Well, a lot of guys don't even have lower lats cause they don't work that shit. Mm. Well, that's the right. bridge. That's the bridge. You have your lower body and your upper body. Those lower lats is the link that holds everything together. So upper and lower body, like in a squat or a deadlift can work at the same time. Hmm. If that part is weak, that's when they fall over. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it's, uh, you know, it, uh, it makes sense to me as a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like me too. It's gotta, you think, want your reps to be perfect. Yeah. 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 Definitely. To, to, I, to I, one of my favorite stories. Exactly what you want out of it. Yeah. What, one of my favorite stories about you, Ed, is that there were, there was a point in time where you'd go to lift or you'd go to meets and, your warm-ups would be more weight than they actually had backstage in the warm-up room. So you'd have to go yeah. out onto the platform to do like unofficial warm-up lifts. Is that true? Yeah, it was in, uh, in Las Vegas. I walked out on stage. Uh, 
with I didn't even tie my shoes. It was like eight fifty or eight seventy was my last warm up. Eight eight seventy, I think. So I walked out on stage and did it and walked back. Oh God! And they're, they're just, just like that's that's how I was. Hard for the competition. Just, yeah, it's just a number. I didn't even tie my shoes. <laughs> yeah, I used to. Ch- I that's think the, the the most I ever went out, uh, walked out and squatted was eight ninety two without tying my shoes. Before I decided, ah, maybe I should tie my shoes. It's time to tie my shoes after eight ninety two. Yeah. So tell us about hundred requires tied shoes. T- tell us about the, when you you set that crazy total. Uh, what did Chat GPT say it was? 24, 24 or something 60, like 63. that? 63. Yeah. Uh, at, at, uh, at 220 pounds, correct? Yeah. Yeah, in those days, it was uh, two-hour weigh-ins. Y- yes. That so, was, uh, so what would you do? Would you have to make best, weight? Like, did you have to do a lot to make weight, or were you kind of 220? Um, when I went up to 242, I didn't. But I did... I went, I went up to 242 just so I could squat and bench more weight. My levers were good, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about getting, you know, that messing with my deadlift or anything because I had these, you know, freaking monster hands. <laughs> I can actually still so, palm a basketball with that hand. <laughs> so, th- yeah, okay, so you've got really long fingers and giant hands for a short guy. Really, which means you've my, got- yeah, my, my, I've got a really, really wide fist. So you've got a great bar wrap. So that really helps your deadlift. Yeah. And I worked the I, shit on I had my a grip before with bar holds. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's funny. So just those structural, you know, those things that are structurally good for that lift. Big hands. What else would be great mm-hmm. for deadlifting? Long arms. Uh, and and a, a very large back. And a very large back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That part seems so, obvious. So tell us about the tell us about that that the twenty four hundred total at two twenty. What where was that? Uh let's see, twenty four sixty three. I believe that was in Las Vegas. Okay. So Las Vegas. I, I squatted I squatted I squatted yeah, I squatted a thousand three that that day. I benched like five seventy three or seventy eight and I deadlifted eight eighty seven. I switched from sumo to conventional for that meet because I had torn a little piece of an adductor in training. So I just decided to go conventional and I could still pull nine if I wanted to. So I just wanted the total record. At the time, uh, a guy named Anthony Clark had the total record. He was a super heavyweight though in a different different federation. So I was like, well, I was a powerlifter first looking to be the best. So my object, instead of taking 900... I told 887 just to make sure I had a, a higher total than him that day. Hmm. Right. So what was the closest, which lift was the most maxed out that day? The thousand three squat? No, probably the bench. Cause with my long arms, it wasn't exactly conducive to big benches. Mm. Even though right, I mean, right. I still, I still doubled 550 raw in training and did 550 for a pause with my feet up. So it's not like I had a bad bench. Yeah. But it was weaker compared to the other two. Yeah, I've heard you right. say before that you you really felt like you connected to the squat, and that's something that yeah. I, I I love the squat personally. What what is it about that movement? And I feel like if you like the squat, it can be like an an entire love affair of its own just with that movement. Can you talk about I like, like your relationship? I like to the, the squat? mental. I, I really like the mental aspect. Yeah. And the the way I squat, you know, that cue open your taint. 
Okay. It's, I, right. I never heard it, how, but it makes sense. It, it, <laughs> if you learn how to open up your, your hips from up high before you squat, yeah. you know, the hip, the hip and shoulder are the same way. It's huh. going like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't, if you don't open up your hips, your hip flexors end up flexing hard and stop you from going down all the way, but it ends up making so your hip doesn't rotate in the socket. So you don't use right. your hips and the rest of your hamstrings the way you should, where it would be like doing a, a high bar close stand squat um, with your heels slightly raised. That would be all quad and no hip whatsoever, which yeah. is good for development, right. but not for what we want. Power. Yeah. yeah. So once I learned the reason why everything felt so good, I, that's when I started adapting it even more. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I just love it. I love being able to get underneath the bar and walk it out and make it feel light. Yeah. That's a challenge. What's the most you've ever walked out? Uh, uh, 1041. <laughs> it was a 10 Scott, in case you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Did you squat right? it or were you just wanting to, were you just, were you just walking it out? I just, I, I just walked it out in training to feel it. Okay. Still, if you can make it feel light, it's going to be light. Yeah. Man, how many, you know, what's it like to, I mean, I know that you've, you've been this guy now for a long, long time, but is there anything that you look back on, you know, like being a thousand pound squatter or the 2,400 total, or is there anything that you look back on that you're kind of like, you feel is, is, is kind of the most, I don't know, significant thing that you did? Is there something that you're proudest of? Well, that sort of thing, you're the first guy to do certain things. Yeah, when I squatted 1,019, because it was walked out, and it wasn't in a monolift, and when I deadlifted, nine, my deadlift at 901 at 220 was with two-hour weigh-ins with actually drug testing and on a stiff bar without a deadlift bar. <laughs> and I pulled 901 in that meet. Wow. So those things you'd say, like, technically would be the most significant. Yeah, they, they, they stand out to me. How many thousand pound squatters have walked out their thousand as opposed to using they're, monolifts? They're, they're, most, uh, all, I think all of them have been heavyweights. Right. Uh, at Guys least from 275 pounds up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. What's your favorite bodybuilding memory of all the expos you've been to? And, you know, because you've been to the Arnold and the Olympia and all that stuff. It's a funny you've been one. to the shows and you watched them. What's your favorite one? You've been inducted into the Hall of Fame at those shows, too. Yeah. Yeah, at Arnold's. Um, sorry, I didn't put this thing on. Um, I, be, before the Arnold one year, I was out in California doing some weeder stuff. I used to actually go out to lunch with just Joe Weeder and myself. It was really cool. You're kidding me. And. No, no, all the time. I had a I had a contract with Weeder because Fred Hatfield used to be there, and he got me in the door. I in all the sporting goods stores, there used Weeder used to have you know the the old time leather belts. Yeah, yeah. And he had a he had a box of belts in all the stores with my picture on the back. <laughs> so I, I used to go out there all the time, and Joe would give me a car, give me a uh, at right right on Santa in San, on Santa Monica Beach, right on the beach. He'd give me a suite and everything paid for, and I'd have a riot out there. And just to do a couple photo sessions. That's so cool. But I, I, uh, I went to Arnold has a restaurant. At least he did at the time called Shotzi's right in Santa Monica. And okay. I went there one yeah. morning for breakfast. And afterwards, when I walked by his table, he was with a couple guys, uh, 
old time guys and one of the photographers and they invited me to sit down for a second and Arnold didn't really know who I was. So as we started talking about powerlifting, cause in the old days he trained at a powerlifter Olympic lifting gym in Germany for a while. Okay. So he asked me what my lifts were and he was eating some strawberries at the time. And I said, well, like what? Well, my squat at 220, I squatted at the time 970. And when I said that, he, he spit his <laughs> strawberries. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I, I had a semi erection, of course. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But the, the funny part is a couple months later, when I was at the Arnold, um, as he's walking around with his entourage, I think uh, Dorian Yates had a booth, and I was at Dorian Yates' booth. And Arnold walked by and I had my back to him. Yeah. And he tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around. He goes, Hey, Eddie, I think you got taller. And then he laughed and walked away. He burned me just like that. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Gave you a shot and walked. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty oh, cool. Oh, man. So I, I, love, I love how that story tied uh, Arnold with Dorian. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a real, you know, real bodybuilding memory. It was pretty me. neat, and 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 I got yeah. to I got to sit next to Franco at one of the Hall of Fame things, oh, and nice. I, and I told him that story about how I did with Arnold, and then how I met Franco. Yeah, and then Franco Franco looked at me and said, "So you got into powerlifting because of me?" I said, "Yeah, you were my idol." I said, "And I want you to know, Franco, I do have a slight erection right now," <laughs> and he put his head down. He started laughing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that was right in the front row of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Yeah. And Franco, he's still like bodybuilding, of course. Uh, He didn't like that a lot of the guys weren't as athletic as a lot of the old school guys. That's what he didn't didn't really care for. He Mm -hmm. wanted some people to be able to show that they could do some things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember pumping iron. He's like skipping ropes still and hitting the bag. Yeah, and boxing and, you know, and picking up, picking up car, cars. Like yeah, jumping around and moving the car and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's classic. I think we we get we get back to a lot of that stuff as we get older. After you like hmm. aren't competing anymore, you want to be a little healthier, hmm. a little more athletic, and be able to move. Yeah, yeah. What so, do you do now? What's your a, what's your training like now? Good. I still do all the same stuff. I just don't go heavy. Okay. And I, and I, I incorporated, I, I've been doing a lot of uh, counter violence training with JKD stuff for a long time to make me move and have coordination, which I like. You've been doing that for a um, while now. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I just like a, when you a, call it a lot of violence inside me. Imagine, you, getting, you, a, you with, imagine getting a fight <laughs> with Ed Cohen. That wouldn't be fun. You know? <laughs> no, and plus, everyone would just hate you. Why are you fighting Ed Cohen? Just grab you by the head and pick you up like that. (laughs) What type of person are you that you have to fight Ed Cohen? That's funny. Um, So when you you called it counter violence, so is it sort of specifically like self-defense? It's more like uh, street. It's more like the street. What actually is really going to happen? So there's no no rules in that kind of training. It's a a bite, a headbutt, an eye eye jab, whatever (laughs) it takes. Okay, but so a lot right, of that stuff right. incorporates all the other real stuff. Like if you go down the uh, if you go to the ground, you got to know wrestling and jujitsu along with whatever else you got to do to live. You wrestled yeah. as a kid too, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I was uh, ninety eight pounds my freshman year in high school wrestling. 
No kidding. And so that you're go- you're coming mm-hmm. full circle now, basically, is what it comes down <laughs> there to. There you go. Yeah. Minus the, the ninety eight pounds part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my head weighs ninety eight pounds now. <laughs> hey, I know we're kind of getting into like where you're at today, but I I have to go back. I just wanted sure. to ask you. So you had said you went over to Russia and you're training with those guys. And I'm thinking back to you know, like, there's like this like air of mystique in like um, mm-hmm. almost, almost like, yeah, yeah. The USSR Russia. It, that's what it was. It was. This was before Perestroika and all that other stuff went on. Okay. So I've heard stories of uh, like some of the Olympic lifters and stuff who have gone over there and they've had the opportunity to train with some of those guys. Like what were those guys like? What was it like? Did you get to know some of those guys? And, and you know, what was your experience? I was like over, over there, there for the, for the, the very first powerlifting meet ever. And they used Olympic lifting bar and bumper plates. So that was, that was murder. Just trying to squat like this all the way down, you know, praying, praying like, you know, Eddie Murphy and raw falling down the stairs. Oh Lord of God, please help me. That was me. I'm right down. Try not to, try not to shit in your pants. And cause the bars, kinda, was, the bars tremoring. Yeah. Right? It's going all over the place. Oh God. But, uh, it, it was just like, they were just old. It was the beginning of powerlifting over there. So okay. no one really knew anything. They were basing everything on the old Olympic weightlifting. They didn't know as much about regular powerlifting. They yeah. knew about like speed right. and technique, but they didn't know about training yet or assistance work. Okay. Huh. What were they doing it right? It was just super what was cool. Kind of like, what were they doing right because of Olympic lifting and what were they doing wrong because of Olympic lifting? They didn't know as much about sets and reps and building. They didn't know as much about technique for powerlifting because it was more high bar close stance olympic lifting squats mm-hmm. they had never done a lot of deadlifts at that point it was like stiff legs or romanian not power deadlifts to, to give you an example there was a lifter from bulgaria who had the world record in the snatch at one time it was a high 470 and antonio Krashev, and he came to our worlds once and i saw him in a warm-up room take 750 for three reps with no equipment on whatsoever just playing with it but when he got in the meet, he couldn't squat 880 because mm. he, had it, he hadn't built the absolute strength. Like a lot of Olympic lifting is speed strength. Mm. So after, you know, like Olympic weightlifting, you could take a, a, an 80% weight and jump out of a hole and drive through a sticking point because the speed from the bottom will take you up to that point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But when you, when you can't get high enough up to that point because the weight doesn't dictate it, you allow, uh, rely on absolute strength, and they didn't have that. So he ended up bombing in the bench with like 460, but he had a like a 560 clean and jerk at the time. So it's just – and his best deadlift, he told me, was only like 760 at the time. So it's not like a lot of that stuff transfers over. It was very sport-specific. Okay. Right. Right. I had a, I had a question here. Um, I know this guy. He said, what do you see as the biggest issue in strength development within the athletic sector right now? So what are athletes, what's the main issue that you see athletes trying to get stronger doing wrong? They don't do squat bench, deadlift, bent rows, overhead presses, and stuff like that enough with good technique at a high enough intensity. They rely on too much stuff that makes them look pretty. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of so, what we say all the time here. About yeah. That's building sort of foundation. Really? Yeah. 
You know, it's, it's so you think everything you do has, has to have a purpose. I never did a set or an exercise that didn't have a certain purpose. That was to get me what I wanted. Why would I do anything different? So if, if, if I right. want my hamstrings strong, I know I got to squat low and I got to deadlift and I got to do stiff leg deadlifts. If I want my upper back strong, I know I got to deadlift and do a, a ton of back work. And I don't think a lot of those guys do it. Like you could take a lot of football players. They have this God-given ability to be able to be so great in football, but to be able to last, especially in a contact sport for a long period of time, you have to be strong in all these different areas. You can't just rely on that. And a couple of years is millions of dollars for them. So yeah. definitely your off season sh should be that. And your in season should definitely be staying strong just enough to get through the season. Um, and there, there are some good, definitely great strength coaches. I mean, uh, Joe Ken um, was one of the, was one of the best NFL coaches for strength of all time. And he still, he helps Brian Shaw now and okay. he, he knew it. You know, I got to keep these guys healthy, but in order to keep them healthy, they still have to train. Yeah. That's why you, you look at a lot of their contracts. They actually build in like a few hundred thousand dollars for some of them. If they train in the off season, that's a bonus. Hmm. No kidding. <laughs> mm -hmm. What about the food? Let's talk about food. You know, we're all I ate whatever a I wanted. Fat kid in us. There you go. <laughs> I ate whatever I wanted, and then and then I and then I had a a steak every night before I went to bed. So, what was you know, the most the, structured your diet was? Uh, when I had to diet, when I had to watch my weight. Did you have to come down much in order to make weight when you're doing like the two twenty? Uh, as I got no at two twenty, I I would I think I dropped twelve pounds once, which is okay. nothing. But we didn't we actually had to diet because we didn't know there was no water loading or anything like that at the time. Ah, uh, okay. So you just had to like literally get leaner then. Yeah, okay. and the the worst the worst I was was when I was at one sixty five, and I couldn't get the weight off, and I took. Three shots of Lasix that night, Oof. and it still wouldn't come at. I had my butt was like Rich Gasperi's. <laughs> you could have gone to a bodybuilding and, show for that for that one, huh? Yeah, and it, it just it wouldn't come off. And I ended up weighing a, a pound heavy, and then I had to weigh in two hours later, and I already gained eleven pounds in two hours. So he didn't want to do bodybuilding because he didn't want to have to diet. He went to powerlifting, and then he ended up having to diet and, I, and got peeled. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. So what would be like, you know, when you were 220 setting that total, that 2463 mm -hmm. total or whatever? I mean, you know, were you the type of guy that had a massive appetite? So you just easily ate no. all day or were you like forcing food I did, down? I, like, I, what were you doing? I, I never forced it, but I would eat a little more often. And like I said, I'd have a steak right before I went to bed to get a little extra, make sure I got extra in. And then I felt great in the morning. So and training was going good. So why would I change it? You know, yeah. yeah were you wild. taking meals to the gym? Like, were you packing no. meals around? Or were you no, just right, right, right after the gym, we'd go to the Sizzler right down the street. It was like a ritual, four or five times a week. I love it. We used to do Pizza Hut after leg day. You know, oh, yeah. it was great. Go to all you can eat. Well, the, the, the camaraderie and the jokes. Right. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. Like, was that? Did you feel like powerlifting was just you just you just felt at home and you felt like the other guys were brothers and was there like a brotherhood feel to 
that yeah, all the guys that trained with us were great. And actually, the whole gym would get behind us when we lifted heavy, which was cool. Right. That's cool. And it makes and what sense. Would, what, I, I was going to say, I just wanted to add in, I feel like everybody I know that knows you, Ed, and people that have known you for a long time, they've all said that you're a really humble person and that you've always been that way, which I, I find it interesting because to be a guy that is so absolutely strong and like, you know, knowing, knowing you off the air, like having had conversations with you, you're just a super laid back, chill person. You would never know that like, oh, this is literally the strongest guy right here. Well, Can you, you I, know, always, what, I always thought of it like this is in the gym, when you're talking about powerlifting and strength, you can ask me questions. I'll know them. Outside the gym, if I wanted to do some bodybuilding or diet stuff, I would ask you guys. I don't know how to change the oil on my car. Yeah. I don't know how to do this and that and that. In the gym, this is my thing. So that's obviously all I know. I mean, that's the shit I know. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not better what, than what, anyone else. Yeah. What what would you say is your your which gym would you kind of say is your main gym that you spent most of your career at training at your quads. highest level? Quads. quads yeah, I've been Calumet to quads. City, yeah. yeah. Well, you've been yeah. the one in the city, probably right. Yeah, the city. Yeah, I've been the one in the city. Yeah, the, yeah. the one in the suburbs was you're either a cop or a felon, mostly felons. <laughs> that so, sounds like the gyms here in Detroit. We had a good time. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Actually, I, I have a business in Buchanan, Michigan. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that too. So I didn't realize you were yeah. set up in Michigan. Yes, yeah, right over about the border that. in Buchanan. Why? Why would you have our business set up in Michigan versus in Chicago? Weed business. <laughs> it was easier to start. Weed I, business. Uh, yeah, me and my friends. We have a uh, a processing lab right in Michigan in Buchanan. Uh, we make a product from, we, we adopted a product from, uh, partnered with them from Colorado called Cushmaster, and we're, we're like Boone Labs, where we break down leaf and turn it into concentrates like uh, for dabs, or we put all the, the oil in carts, a live rosin. So we break it down in uh, ice water and heat pressure, no chemicals. So it's more organic and it's stronger and better. That's and wild. I'm not even a weed smoker. Maybe it's like go? some gummies or some tonics. That's it. How long ago did you get into this business? Um, it, 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 it took us like three years because of COVID and stuff to get everything going. No kidding. Where we had to build our lab and all the other stuff, all the licenses. So you, you so weren't you a weed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you said you're not a weed smoker. Yeah. So no. did you have any contact with the weed world? Like was weed around you and powerlifting all the time or you just got into this just purely business? Oh, I, I always knew a bunch of people that did. It just wasn't my thing, but I mean, now I'll take a gummy now and then, or a little drink of a tonic that will put me right to sleep. And anything you can do that makes you sleep better or have no pain is always good. Yeah, yeah. What's your situation with pain? Like how how much pain uh, pretty, do you have? Pretty good. I I do I do have some some pain in my shoulder still, but it, you know my my mom had osteoarthritis arthritis. She had both knees replaced, a shoulder, a hip. Her hands were messed up. Her feet were messed up. So I got some of that. Probably why I had to have my hips replaced. But I could still squat and deadlift. I don't really bench yeah. too much anymore. But uh, I'm I'm going to Mexico next month, 
um, to Los Cabos to get some stem cells to oh, see if nice. that, that works out really well. Yeah. Nice. What are you going to get? Like how many um, million do they put in you? Like, do you have that all written yeah, down I, somewhere? I, 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 I think they put like uh, 20 or 25 million in each shoulder and then I'm going to get a hundred million IV'd. Okay. That's wild. Wow. And go don't big. They have to, t- yeah. Don't they, they take them from inside, inside your own umbilical bone marrow, cord right like no yeah that's no, a different in, process in, in, yeah in yeah in the states they take it from either your fat which is kind of inferior bone marrow is good but they can't get that much out of it but the the best is from the umbilical cord which it's, is the so the it's not even stem cells so it's not technically your own personal stem no. cells but it doesn't matter because they're stem cells yeah right. and that, that's how they develop them yeah i think you know, you know what the, oh, guy, wow. the guy i'm going to uh, Dr. Khan, he actually did Rami after the Olympia out in Dubai. And he also no has a clinic in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of, I'm, so well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I want to, I'm going to send you a message after. I, I, I want to know a little bit more about how much this all cost. I just got to check. <laughs> I did some research oh, on I, it a while ago and it, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, but so from what I understand, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, Ed, that in the U.S., they can't, what's what's the term? They can't expand the cells, but in yeah, Mexico. Yeah, they have expanded uh, stem cells in and that's what you that's what you want. We can't expand the cells here in the U.S., so meaning you, you don't have nearly as many cells. You go down there and that the laws are different, so they can expand them, and then you get a lot more cells, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But you're going to have to take time Thank off training, bought. aren't you? No, no. I thought okay. Not they told me you'd have no. to take time off to to heal. Yeah, that's a, the, 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 the one place said that, but this doctor said that's really not true. Okay. You really don't have to take time off training. Okay, that's like if you had some debilitating injury. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to keep re-injuring it as you're right. trying to heal. But right. you know, when when I when I did it, I did them before in Colombia, and I was with a guy one night. We were getting our IV of stem cells. And he had had a stroke like six years previous, and he he was probably at least ten years older than me. So you know his arm was all locked up in front of him, bent. Yeah. And one of his legs didn't really bend. Bend. The next day, the next morning, he walked around in a circle, circle, bending his leg, and lifted his arm up like this that he hasn't been able to lift. You're in kidding years. me? That's wild. I was, I, it wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was uh, unbelievable. Huh. Use code what, Dusty20. What do they 20. think you can expect? Yeah, use code Dusty20. I have a call with him. I have a call with him uh, Wednesday. But a lot of the stuff is, you know, my, my buddy who had his, his elbows, his shoulder, his back done, and his neck, he said to this day he's still at around 80% of feeling fantastic healed compared to what it was before. That's wild. Right. I know Joe Rogan had, he tore both his rotators and he said the side that he had stem celled is like way better than the side that he had surgically repaired. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes back, oh. he goes to a place in, uh, um, Panama, is it? Uh, no, no. He goes to uh, a place in Mexico that a buddy is as, so he okay. goes, he goes, he just zips in and zips out all the time. He did have the guy, uh, uh there's a place in a uh, bioaccelerator that I went to before in Colombia. And the other place in Panama that he had a doctor on, uh, Dr. Reardon, who Mel Gibson was on his show with him and okay. talked about his dad's progress. I know and, that uh, guy. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's wrote some books. 
But uh, the other guy I go to is Adil Khan, who I met at the Swiss. He was at the Swiss Symposium. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and I talked to him there, and, and Ken Kanakin uh, vouched for him. He okay. said that he has a lot of pieces of the puzzle figured out compared huh. to a lot of people. So me and my friend, he's my, my friend is flying a total of seven of us out there. Heck yeah. We're That's leaving awesome. on a, a, private, a private jet right out there. That's I'm wild. Such a spoiled bitch. <laughs> just get it going. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait. Me up. <laughs> get some of that in your quad, <laughs> some in your quad Ron. Yeah. Back in the old days, there was a, there was a lifter named Doug Young. He was a monster Texas guy. And it, when the first my first uh, open nationals is when they were going to start drug testing. Yeah. And he stood up an objection and said, drugs are salvation of America. That was his thing. <laughs> that was his exact, that was his phrase. Huh? It, it, it turned out to be true. <laughs> drugs are the salvation of America. This yep. is un-American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Juice up. I got a question here. Fantastic. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, Scott's got one. So it's actually you a can video. Ask me anything. It's a video, actually. Oh, oh, I'm going to. Guys, get ready for this. I want to know. Oh yeah, I, I want to know what that's all about. Did you guys see that? That we got a tiger here. First of all, yeah. This is this is at the beginning of a video. I think this was '95, and yeah, that, and after this, that was that was a that was a uh, actually a smaller tiger. That was a Bengal tiger. Okay. I, uh, I used to have uh, two two Siberians. You're kidding uh, me. A white one that got that got to be about uh, 850 pounds, and I had a, a regular colored gold one. You're kidding and, me. Um, <laughs> my 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 white one got to be like seven foot tall, eight hundred and fifty pounds, and he would still love me. That's crazy, man. That's terrifying to yeah. me. I, I I I had a federal license for it. Oh, of course, yeah. I assumed. So, yeah. what do you have to do? Like, you just you apply. You say, "I want to get a Siberian tiger and a Bengal tiger," and they well, just if, say, if, okay, if you, you have a, you have a license, and I knew people that had them, so I would use my license and go take them home all the time. That's so wild. Oh, wow. Just hang out in the basement, walk around the block. That's wild. Just borrow a tiger for a, a while. tiger. Yeah. <laughs> cool. see, like, there's Ed Cohen walking a tiger. I would think I was yeah, on drugs. Like, yeah, like, what, like okay, <laughs> let's say, don't let's see say the neighbor. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say the neighbors have a couple of dogs and a couple of kids. What do they think? Yeah. Our, a, a neighbor did, the dog came out. It was a uh, a black lab, and he barked at it. And my tiger was young at the time, but he just turned around and opened up his mouth really wide like a yawn. And then you see these big teeth like this. Dog went up back on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was only about eight, uh, eight or nine months old, right there in okay. the backyard. Jeez, That's in the wild, in the snow in Illinois with you, huh? So you didn't yep. get a lot yep. of people bothering you. Yeah. Your neighbors sort of left you alone. <laughs> so everyone used to want to see it and come over. Yeah, when it was smaller, mm. it was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? Like you said, you're, you're you reached. 800 pounds do you have to like does he have to go somewhere yeah. like is that what happens that 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 little white one got to be 850 pounds jeez and how old was was that by the time it hit 8, 850 uh probably like six or seven that was actually in, in in quad's gym at the time and when when the mr olympia was in town so all the writers came over to quad's gym and i let it loose and play with them 
Oh my God. There's a tiger. I love it. This is like the eighties and so, bodybuilding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> just wild animals. Just, yeah. yeah. So then, so yeah, there was, you, uh, it was just, good, cr- good, crazy back then. Yeah. 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 So do you have to send them to a zoo? Like what happens? Yeah. Like you, you put them out to a, like breeding programs and stuff like that. Okay. Right. So, so he's happily pumping away at female taggers in a, he, he, in a he, nice I'm sure he did that for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good retirement program, Dusty. I'm sort of seeing this. this might be I'm learning this. I'm learning. Guy. I'm learning. I'm writing notes yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Uh, get set up. Yeah, get set up to a breeding program. That's so, maybe the best, you know. But wanna, you, you have to be the best, then your seed is worth something at least. Yeah. <laughs> so is that what you're going to do next? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah, then, uh, I'll, 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 probably, I'll probably be kidnapped to go to Russia or Saudi Arabia or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, man. Please, oh, man. please don't. So I wanted to ask you, too, one other thing was just that, you know, having followed bodybuilding for a long time and, and been involved in mm-hmm. strength sports for, you know, your entire life, really. What do you think about what you're seeing today? Because you're still there. You're still watching the shows. You're still at the expos. You still know who's competing. It. Yeah. What are your thoughts on bodybuilding today compared to, you know, years back? Well, obviously, the the substances guys take are different. Yeah. But it does, it never takes away from the hard work and diet that everyone goes through. No, if 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 people could see that like videos of that, like if they showed it on stage, someone beating the shit out of their legs or going through just a week near the end of a diet, it would get Mm -hmm. so much more respect than it, than it does. Hmm. All they see is guys on stage posing. They don't get to see what they fucking go through, which is crazy. And I've been, I've gone through my version of crazy and they're crazier than me. I couldn't do what they do. No way. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Who's, who, who do you like, like right now when you were, when you go to the, you know, you were at the Arnold, right? Whose physique do you see where you're like, man, that is oh, like, breaking that's up. perfect. We're breaking up. You say it again, Ron. Oh, who do I think is, I did see, I saw Phil Heath when he won the junior nationals here. And that was like the most perfect physique ever where everything matched from from his toes up to his ha- head, and it was like you couldn't mm-hmm. not know that he was going to be great. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, and and and, and I, I like guys like Cutler who couldn't win for a while but didn't freaking quit. Hmm. Yo, look what John yeah. Meadows went through to to get his pro card. I like that. Yeah, and then right. if, if someone is if someone is nice, I like him even more. If they're a dick, they're always right. just going to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ed, I mean, you gave us an hour of your time to get an an hour from the goat is uh is an honor for it's us nothing. here on our You guys little, are cool uh, as shit. Our our little bodybuilding show here. Uh so we're very happy <laughs> to get you on. Um and uh you know, again, always a friend of the show. It's good to see you at the expos and you know, even just get a hello in there and uh Thanks. And I'll let I'll are, let you know how you the stem cells go. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yes. definitely. We we want to know all about that. And uh, yeah, you know, just the greatest of all time. I know that you probably get tired of hearing that, but uh, you know, can I don't you get, get tired of saying it? Can you get tired of hearing that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. You get tired of hearing that? No, you don't. 
it's funny. It's okay. So Ed Cohn, thanks for coming on the show. How can people get a hold of you? You're you're Eddie Cohn on Instagram. Just my, right? my yeah, just just look at my Instagram. I answer every message, and I I usually if you send me a, if people send me a video, I let them know what's good and bad about it for free. I don't even charge. You're kidding me, right? That's awesome. No, that's so nice, man. Your ham, cool. your hams are weak. More stiff legs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Send. You know what? Yeah, it, you you, usually, usually it's to open up the hips and to get your sternum up. That's usually the, the key. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Right. It's incredible, man. And that's what I mean that's about like, the humility. Just still, like, you know, look, look, sharing look with at people. Every, 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 look at every lift you do, like a, a squat, a bench, a deadlift, a curl, a bent row, an overhead press. It's not your chest. It's your sternum. When you pop your sternum up, it locks your lats in tight on the bottom, like I was talking about. So now your body is in a right. safer position at all times to hmm. lift weight. That's simple. Right. right. Very true. Well, it's also a good metaphorical piece of advice for life. Because if you lift your sternum up, you tend to hold your head up high yeah. and you tend to walk straight. And uh, I think that's also good advice. It helps with so, everything. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ed Cohn. We appreciate you no, coming on, man. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great fucking show. You make everybody feel relaxed. Very cool. Well, thanks, Ed. We appreciate, appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, have a good Ed. One. And remember, yes, you bet. Cheers. All right. Ooh. Ed Cohn, the greatest of all time. It's awesome. Ooh. Like, you know, I know to us, like, you know, he's Ed, he's Ed but, you know, just trying to, like, make sure that i appreciate that we just had you know that guy <laughs> on our little show yeah you know, we've had jay on we've had dexter on we've kind of been a, a little bit you know immune or, or you know to or who no we haven't had dexter on we've been trying to get dexter on i forgot we've had jay on we've had bumstead on we've had dana on we've had clarita on you know all these olympia champions we've had a lot of the best and um <laughs> a lot of the best yeah, that's what i'm saying and uh, so it's just cool to have like him on because it really branches out our show a little bit you know and i love the crossover i love that he is a fan of bodybuilding he's a fan and you could hear him too like how passionate he was like we asked i asked him you know what do you think of bodybuilding today and you know so many times you hear people say like well you know it's terrible now we need to go but he was yeah. like no this is cool and if people knew how hard these guys like he really appreciates that and you can see that like seeing him at the olympia or at the arnold just walking around He's like having fun, mm. you know, he's having a good time there yeah. at those shows. So I, I love seeing that people who, who absolutely like they're fans of the sport, you know? Yeah. Sure. I, I feel like I sometimes get frustrated with people who aren't able to appreciate the greatness of others that aren't in their realm. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you introduce me to the greatest, who's the greatest tennis player on the planet right now? I don't know tennis, but maybe know. we'll just say Roger Federer. Yeah. Like I know Roger Federer was at one point. So oh, yeah. if you wow. introduce me to him, I would be like, I would really take a minute to appreciate that there was like the greatest at the time or whatever, like a world champion. And some people don't care about that stuff. They're like, I don't, yeah. I don't care about right. tennis. Oh, fuck that guy. I don't yeah. care about tennis. Right. You know what right. I mean? That sort of attitude. I hate that fucking attitude sorry that's my little rant i hate <laughs> like passion if, if passion. i say like yeah like if i say hey that's 
that's the greatest violin player in the world. Yeah. Think about that's the amount of work that, that person put into to become that guy. Yeah, you I know. Whereas I like mm-hmm. I would want to go over and just meet the guy. Like you're the greatest in the world at what you do. That's just awesome. Yeah. So Ed to just see how Ed had that attitude about bodybuilding, like that appreciation for Jay and Phil and yeah. and that sort of stuff. I guess that's my point is like, you know, we all know guys that say, Oh fuck, I don't care about powerlifting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we know powerlifters that don't give a fuck bodybuilders fucking weirdos, right? Like <laughs> Don't care. But so I just I really appreciate that there's like just, you know, uh, Ed has that view because that just says a lot about him, you know, as a champion of any sport. Well, I feel like if there were more powerlifters like Ed, that there would be more bodybuilders that that got it. You know what I mean? And there probably be more powerlifters that got it, too. He kind of does bridge a gap there. I mean, yeah. I like I said, I'll have some. I'll, you know what? Check this out. As a matter of fact, because I didn't play that video all the way through, I'm just gonna. I gotta turn the sound down. Okay, sounds turned back down. We're gonna get past the tigers here, but this is this is like '95. Look at his physique here. Oh yeah, this is like before he passes out on a lift. But look at his physique here. Like, look at just how freaking thick he is. He doesn't look like the power lifters we see today. Look at that. Like that yeah, is that yeah, is a bodybuilder if I've ever seen one. Jacked. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I cut it off right before he passed out. But oh, I, you're killing me! I want to see a fall. I did, all right, hold on a second. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring it back. Then we'll we'll roll it. Back I need up to see there. this. All right, I need to see this take place. Let's see. And this was at this was at that quads gym. Look at this machine. Where was this at? I'm gonna scroll forward here. I'll, I guess it's a little bit further up. All right. Just get your back. There you go. Seven fifty. There you go. Seven fifty. Easy. They do cut the film right before it happens, but and he's done. <laughs> That's wild. But not for long. Have you guys ever seen this? Check this out. This is in that other quad yeah. gym. I've never used mm-hmm. this before with a headrest. Like a super old school bent row. Yeah, just to like force you to bend over all the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Just to like, if your head's not touching, it means you're swinging, you know? Yeah. And you can't like away. arch back. You can't pull away. You have to pull the bar to you. So yeah, I guess the trick is you're not, you don't want to put a bunch of weight on your forehead. You don't want to like drive Correct. into the you're pad, <laughs> Yeah, but you're just really keeping yourself down. Yeah. 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 There's some it's, neat equipment at quads. Yeah. That's so, cool. And that was the other quads. Okay. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. other quads. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Thanks guys. Um, is that it? We good? That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. We just need them for like three awesome. more episodes because there were way too many questions that I didn't want to waste a one-hour episode on. Yeah, but I kind of yeah. want to know just because like the, the, his changes with how he approached powerlifting. Like, it, it's funny to talk to a really humble person because he made it sound like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. I'm like, I know yeah, that's what I was the trying. First one to do it, like yeah. you were the first one right. to bring essentially bodybuilding into powerlifting, and then it worked and you were successful. Like, and it was just, it's just funny. Cause he literally seemed like he was like, oh, well, you know, yeah. he's just a really humble guy. <laughs> like, and that's what I was kind trying of to get a big across. deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how I, can you I like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy and still mm-hmm. just be like, Hey, yeah, I'm just anybody, you know, it's just what I do. Well, yeah. I like that. I liked when I asked him, Hey, when did you realize that you were like really good at this? And he's like, Oh, I never really thought about it. I just want to get yeah. stronger. I just kept, I just kept trying to get stronger. <laughs> just kept you know? setting world records. Yeah. <laughs> Which also too, you know, like like that's sort of like a good takeaway from the whole thing. 
there's a lot of people now we we talk about them we deal with them all the time they want to win the nationals and get their pro card but they're at a level they're not even at the first show yet yeah so they're not they're not in the moment you know what i mean they're focused right. on this intangible dream thing that is so far away but ed wasn't doing that ed just was thinking about today i need yep. to get stronger on my side raises and my front raises and my presses yep. and tomorrow i'm working on my stiffs and and it was just in the moment focused on the work not thinking about how he was getting so good and passing people he was just focusing on just getting better yeah. putting in the work yep. today and that's uh maybe a you know kind of what we always say you know try to be in the moment focus on what you're doing so Agreed. we good to go guys yes sir absolutely Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. There we go. I'm so proud and of Dusty every time he does it. You know, he, you know, he does such a, a good thing. job and at that. It's a very important and part. It, and, and Scott will back me. It's very important that you like, share, subscribe, com, com, uh, comment, and ring the bell because it, it helps the show. It helps the show. And we appreciate you guys. In we appreciate fact, all your comments. In fact, we read all your comments. I, I try to get back to everybody, you know, and and if we don't, if you guys have a question for us that we haven't answered, then please comment it again, and we will be sure to get it into a following episode. For sure. And uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And remember, everybody, the Patreon for Scott, Think Big Bodybuilding Network, help run the whole network, and then the Mutant, IamMutant.com. Get your ISO surge, the best tasting whey ISO out there. Get the all in. I do two thirds of a scoop, and get on the gear. You're right? two thirds, Dusty gear. twenty. You're two thirds, Dusty in. twenty. Yeah, I'm a half I'm a ground twenty. I've gone half halfway in. Yeah, it's good. I'm a half. Yeah, I'm two thirds. Tegan that uh, came into the show there for a minute there. She's a full that. scooper. She just took a full scoop and left Whew. to go to the gym. Yeah, so. but kids are just practically like they're immune to stimulants. She's 14. Can I even say that that's legally happening in my house? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. But we've had, tiger, <laughs> we've had tigers on the show tonight. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one will notice the drugs in my house with a teenager. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> Dusty's raising tweakers over there. Okay. I do what I do. It's good. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. Thank you.